0: Welcome to the official catch-up. Today I've got Mark Adams, uh, a Lone League coach with Stirling Uni, but you're also, you know, we're well obviously Stirling Uni will be the, the main talking point, but you're a development officer for SOS Glasgow, founder of North Kelvin Sports. Uh, how are you getting on, Mark?
1: Yeah, not too bad. Obviously, like everyone else, we're, uh, we're adjusting to the situation. And the uh, old theme there, uh, marking the rules, I, I guess, I'm uh, generally quite a busy guy. Generally out several nights a week and all a Saturday with football. And, uh, so uh, the transition is uh, is new to me. I had to see. I, mean, I was thinking this. I've been out on a Saturday with football since I was nine years old. So
0: and I'm 52 now. So it's quite a it's quite a change. Yeah, yeah, and I think that's what everyone will be struggling with. Not just obviously missing football, but you know, everyone's got their own wee routine. Uh, this is you know interviews with likes of yourself is becoming my routine a wee bit. It's helping me get through the day, and and I hope uh, people listening in will you know they're getting through the day you know with these sort of interviews. I know. Uh, I've done so many <laughs> lately, not everyone's listened to them all, but um, yeah, I think it's, it's doing great. Uh, we're all trying yeah. to get through this. It's a
1: good opportunity to reflect on, I mean, this is I've, I've been in the league for seven years, and uh, obviously it's changed and changed and changed again. So it's interesting time maybe just to, to look back and, and reflect on the, how the league
0: has developed over the over the piece. Yeah, absolutely. And I, we've obviously spoken to a few of the Stirling Uni boys, uh, Alex Webb, for example, David Chandler. Uh, Lewis Fraser and and uh, I'm hearing the gaffers wanting to come on the uh, the next few weeks as well. So and I yeah, always i Shut up. I always appreciate my chats with Chris. Like Chris, uh, you know, he's he's a he's a great guy and he's always brilliant when you're talking talking football and stuff. And I'm I'm looking forward to chatting to him and I'll uh, obviously reach out to a few more of the players as well. But yep. uh, just trying to get around everyone at, at, at the moment basically. Aye, aye. One thing I always discuss with Sterling Uni uh, when I'm uh, talking about them, Mark, is um, when I first came into the Lone League, it was mainly due to Kelly because they were on my local sides, and that's how my invo- involvement got started, basically. I was going about at the start, like, you know, checking out Spartans, civil service. team's kind of near near me, East Stirlingshire. Uh, yep. Obviously, I got more involved with Kelly because it was just easier uh, convenience, basically. But um, Sterling Uni, that 2-2 game last season, that's when I had, that changed my opinion on Stalin Uni because I was a bit like everyone else, you know, our oh, uni teams, I'd rather have a hell of beef, a uh, uh, Linlithgow Rose in the league. You guys, the job you and Chris do, I, I can't, you know, rate it highly enough from the, the knowledge I've gained over following the league. Yeah, I think it's
1: interesting because if you're as old as me you go back, you know, to the East of Scotland League and, and to the first kind of couple of seasons in the Lone League, the uni challenged all the time. Yeah. And, he, and and did win the league and obviously you've got a, you had a prolific goal scorer like Chris who, you know, would cause anybody problems. But I mean, when I was manager against Chris, I set up my whole defence to stop him getting his big feet mark cut into the left and onto his right foot. So, the uni had a, a good track record of success and also with the uni there was a good, a really good track record of coaching. If you look at obviously Shelley and you look where she's gone and Eddie May before that. And then obviously in the background for a long time was Raleigh Gowdy, who, you know, is a proper, proper football guy. So, I mean, I, I get people are kind of new to it, or, or, or don't understand the kind of tradition of the uni, if that makes sense. Yeah. But it, it didn't surprise me at all, just because just, I guess because I've been involved for for so long.
0: Yeah, yeah. And and I think that was one of the things that I guess, I guess it's ignorance a wee bit because like I, I follow a, a premiership team. So when I got involved in the league, I wasn't sure about how the standard was, how... Yeah. The players were, and obviously uh, I've noticed, uh, just been involved in the last couple of seasons how how great you know the top teams have improved, and, and guys like yourself, obviously Blair Lions moving to Mont- uh, Montrose, and then you know we move into Partick soon. uh Lewis yeah. Hunter, uh, Rory McEwen, all these sort of players are are really really great. Um, that I think obviously uh, if scouting and stuff like that, you know they're going to SPFL teams and and whatnot, they're they're obviously. You know, good enough to, to get starts at some of the the league teams.
1: I, I think Blair's Blair's an interesting one. So I've I've been aware of Blair for a long time. I don't know if you know it. was me. that signed him into Lone league when I was a BSC manager. Uh huh. Blair was playing in public park football for Saint Cadets Boys Club as an under nineteen because he had been in the Kelly system. And I'm a, I'm a big Kelly fan. I know the guys that run the Kelly system. So I knew to try to make him over. And he he'd been to America then to try and do a scholarship, and it didn't really work out for him. So I mean, within a day, I'm coming back. I I had him signed. I feel like I had him at BSC, so I knew his potential and I knew how many goals he could score and, and that sort of stuff. He just needed a platform and an opportunity to, to show it. But yep. I think people are, people are now realizing, so if, if you look at the makeup of the uni team now, you previously would have had all your students and then you would had four or five Saturday players, as we call them, a bit like you know Chris was a Saturday player, for example. But now pretty much we're, we're in the, we've are in decided to go down the situation just doing students. That's kind of the, the policy we're, we're going with. So that obviously means that players are younger. But what that also means is there's opportunity for young guys like James and Jason Jarvis and that to come in and and, and play first-team football right away in first year. Whereas previously, guys would come in and be in and around for the first year, two year, and then kind of come in properly in third year. Whereas these guys are going to get four-year playing at a really good standard. And they know and full well, when they finish uni at, say, 21-22, they can go back into the leagues and they'll be a more rounded player and they'll have a degree. So it's, it, it makes perfect sense to me.
0: Yeah yeah and that's what I've been impressed with and you know I mentioned guys like Blair uh, not knowing too much about Sterling United at the time but um, even guys you've brought in this season you've mentioned obviously like uh, Jason Jarvis James Berry uh, I've always admired uh, Craig Brown I thought he's you know he's been quality Kieran yep. Hall uh, you could name half you could name half the team mate. obviously Gus is moving to to Elgin City as well so he'll be a big loss Gus will be a big loss he's a, he's a, he's quality real quality and it's interesting because he plays
1: at centre-back and he's not the biggest and uh, I'll be interested to see if he can play centre-back mm-hmm. uh, particularly Elgin if you like because we have got Vic Bronski who, who's my captain at PSC he's playing there he's six foot and the hunter so it'll be interesting to see how Gus does there I think Gus maybe will do well playing uh, kind of holding middle of the part or maybe at full-back because he can get forward so uh, yeah but I'll be really interested to see how Gus gets on yeah
0: yeah and uh, in terms of the other stuff you do mate obviously I've you know, I, I I don't really know too much about uh, North Kelvin Sports. Uh, what what's that sort of? What's okay, that so, so North,
1: North Kelvin Sports is local community football and sport club based in the north-west of Glasgow. So I live in Kelvin, Dale in the west end of Glasgow, but I used to live in Maryhill. Uh-huh. And uh, in 1999, uh, we had there was just no team in the area. I had just recently moved to the area. People knew that I was a football coach, and I got approached about to to start a kind of more or less a pub team, Saturday morning team, and. That, that kind of did, did okay and in 2005 there was just no provision for kids in the area at that time It wasn't even a boys club in Maryhill at the time no, no grass pitches were changing rooms we had an old ash pitch so what we did was we formed a, a, a kind of development group me and some like-minded people and that's really morphed over the years now to be a 20 year gone we've got six full-time staff 15 staff all together. We deliver anti sectarian projects in school. We deliver the academy after-school programme in schools. We deliver Fit and able for disability sport. Because there was no access to, to, to sport for disabled kids in Mariel at all at that time. So we on various projects. We run about, I think, 11 uh, community teams this year. That's overseen by Martin Canning, ex-Hamilton manager. He's a head yep. of football. And uh, my missus, Pauline, she's the general manager at the, at the club. So we've got about 170 members. But we deliver a lot of work for government, deliver a lot of work for, uh, for schools in the area. So I'm really, it, it's been my big project, if you like, and we kind of started as a, as I say, to start as a kind of Saturday morning pub team to where we are now, it's, it's,
0: you know, it's a good story. Yeah, that's excellent, mate. And obviously that kind of goes into the work you do with SOS Glasgow as well.
1: Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm the, So I work for education services in Glasgow City Council, but my biggest, I'm the social inclusion guy, but my biggest programme is Sense for sectarianism. So I deliver... nationally the resources and training for teachers and students and that to deliver anti-sectarian education in schools across the country so that's that's my biggest project not my only project but certainly that's my my biggest project and i've been involved in that and i work for about 14 years so i think i think my gaffer retired last year so i think i'm the oldest one or the longest serving kind of in that in that area but it's challenging work but it's good work and i get to work with kids every you know more or less every every day so i really enjoy that
0: yeah, that that you know that's excellent, I mate. Mean, I can't speak highly enough of that that sort of the, the work you do because aye, uh, and as I, as you mentioned, obviously you'll, you'll be missing a lot of that now because you're you're so busy with football. And it's great that there's guys like you that are obviously following your your passion and, and stuff like that. And it's uh, commendable, obviously, the commitment that you will put in. Yeah, I mean, I think
1: I thought you know people say that to me. How can you be involved in this? Blah blah blah. And I think like I've always done it. You know, and I've done it since I was young. You know, I, I did my B licence when I was kinda of twenty seven. Uh, you know, and I did my I did my C when I was twenty two, you know, I got involved in coaching young kinda of, I I I didn't make it as a player and somebody somebody played with me would tell you why, but I was a prolific goal scorer. I scored a week of goals and I always felt I should have made it. You know, when I, I felt I was let down by coaching mm-hmm. or the lack of or the lack of coaching as a young player because there were so many kids in those days. You know, when I was a boy was three three times the amount of kids in Scotland than there is just now. So coaches could more or less pick who they wanted. Any uh, so you never actually got coached if you're big and you were strong you were in type of thing. and uh, I always I, I vowed that you know I would I would do something about that. And uh, you know that's kind of that's kind of where my passion for coaching started and organising coaching and you know being able to work with, with good guys like Martin and watch with the difference like good coaching can get you know for young players it's incredible so it's, a real, it's really powerful.
0: Yeah yeah I mean I, I spoke to Paul Mooney recently of uh, Clyde Bank Development and he, obviously he was stressing the same things as you how important coaching as to the young guys if they're they're coached right and you know it's not all about results at that level no definitely not I mean we're we are trying to keep the kids
1: ticking over just now Martin put out the homework packet on Monday we've got a skills challenge going on on his social media and stuff like that as well because we're always challenging the kids to, to, to become better players you know while they're playing four of and, and seven aside, it's it's not the most important thing to win but they certainly enjoy it more if they win so we're always stressing uh, how important it is to practise our skills, to to listen to their coaches. We're also about not just about coaching; we're about how you conduct yourself as a human being. We're we're big into that. How to be respectful? You know, we get we get young guys to shake hands all the time with our coach and their teammates, and after games and all that. So we're trying to instill in, in, instil good good habits, if you like, at the same time.
0: Yeah, uh, and now that will go well uh, forward for the younger guys because I think it's different now. I think. Um, uh, for younger guys, I know there's more, you know, certainly from when I was younger, I was out um, playing football all the time, you know, at the leisure centre every day after school, uh, even going into high school and stuff. And it's a wee bit different now. There's more distractions. Obviously, you've got like your Xboxes and Playstations and then obviously social media's is uh, massive as well. So there's more distractions for the younger guys. Aye, oh, certainly. There's a lot
1: more to do now than when, when we were boys. God, I used to hate. a wait Sunday afternoon, <laughs> couldn't get out the door? You'd be so desperate you'd watch ski Sunday or some nonsense like that. <laughs> but, uh, well, but all right. I mean, I, I, I look back. We rushed it up to get to school in the morning. The first side would start at about half eight. It would get carry on through break. The whole of lunch we had an afternoon break, and then you would be running all the way home to get changed to get up to the car park to play but for the nighttime side. I mean, and that was literally my life. We just played all the time. It's changed times. I mean, you've got more cars on the road. You couldn't play in a car park these days. You've got, uh, Obviously, people are just a bit more, what's, what's the word, uh, careful with how they let their kids go out on their own. I mean, we we roamed. I grew up in Coimamac and we roamed the whole town for a game of football, you know. And uh, people just, obviously, are a bit more wary about that
0: now. Yeah, and I just remember my PE teacher always being kind of paid off with, with the lads that were in our PE class because they... You know, I, I, we should be playing rugby or something in the day, but we end up ended up always playing football. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing I, else matters.
1: <laughs> I, I, it's interesting. When I went to secondary school. I had a PE was, uh, was a Scotland uh, basketball coach, so, so our school was big into basketball. So I ended up playing in the basketball team as well. But I also think that it's good for kids to play cross sport. To play, I, I played rugby to a decent standard as well. Until I was about sixteen, and uh, I think that you know having a having a range of sports is a, is a good thing for uh-huh. young people because of the physical literacy that you learn and, and all the, 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 a different interest as well, also if you don't make it in, in one game, but also just uh, a more rounded upbringing in sport.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's interesting you mention basketball because I was, I was similar when I was in high school. I played for the football team and, and the basketball team. I actually always thought I was a better basketball player than a football player, Funny enough. Yeah, uh,
1: I, well, I was the same with rugby. If, if you ask him to see me, so probably I probably actually have stuck into that. <laughs>
0: That's brilliant mate and uh, obviously you mentioned you're from the west uh, what are your thoughts on the, the west of Scotland coming in are you looking forward to, uh,
1: yeah, well, totally
0: that. That yeah. had to that that had to happen I mean it just had to happen it's something we'd have looked at as well for
1: North Kelvin if we had a facility but that's you know that that's a podcast in itself how we struggle to, to get our own facility because uh, I know like some of the community clubs are getting out, are looking to get involved and it's a great opportunity it should have probably happened some time ago but for some of the personalities involved maybe I've held that up but definitely, it's the future. It's definitely the way to go. I mean, you talk about Clyde Bank; they were looking at going uh, into the Scotland League at one time, if you remember. So, just again, yeah. and that, and I know, I know the guys that are uh, really well, uh, Robo and, and, and Bunyan. Paul and I are good friends, Paul. Right, and uh, you know, the traveling they do to play in the South of Scotland League is just ridiculous. I mean, yeah. it's phenomenal. So, they, I know, it'd be an opportunity for them to, to be in the west and, and make the club just a bit more sustainable
0: yeah uh bonneton are a brilliant example of that mate how um you know ambitious uh what they what they do in terms of social media and stuff like basically all around uh, uh no listen
1: they're a model they're a model that we follow in terms of they've done really well in terms of engagement with a uh, local authority uh, east eastern uh, council and that's how they've got the facility you know in town home which when i was growing up was slum housing you know and so there was not no, nothing was ever going to get built on that uh that land,
0: that landing they got the ground and you know, it's, they've done so well, Higgy and, and, and his team, they've done amazing. In terms of your, your previous club, Mark, uh, BSC Glasgow, uh, yep. at the start of the season, I was uh, a wee bit worried about them, obviously, with, with Bonnie Rigg coming in, East Stirlingshire, Kelty spending a bit of money. Uh, I thought, to be honest, I thought East, East Bride would, uh, would do a wee bit better, but uh, a yeah. sw- fantastic job that uh, Swifty's doing there, like. Yeah, just to not to brush aside
1: that he's got is a real surprise for me. I mean, we went down there and won. I know it was a bit of a smashing grab, but we never felt like we would actually lose a game. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, psg BSC's been an issue for us. We, they know they probably know what know our ticket, if you know what I mean. They know what we're good at and what we're not good at. And they, we have struggled against them, so they they obviously know what they're doing in terms of coaching, uh got good experience on the on the bench there and get you know, obviously get Green up front who I think for them is a is a game changer. So uh, I, you know, it's no surprise to me where they are, but to be fair, at the beginning of the season, if you'd asked me the two teams that would be the top, it would have been Kelty and Bonnerig
0: yeah, yeah, I I think, uh, well, I've obviously spoken to like, Sir Robbie Horn and stuff, and I, I've been surprised. I mean, uh, we've seen the, the sort of dominance of the former East Juniors uh, this season, obviously, like Kelty and, and Bonnerig but um, I was I was generally surprised at, uh, at Bonnerig, I, I thought they would be up there, don't get me wrong, but um, I didn't quite think they would be that close uh, just coming into the league.
1: Yeah, I've known. I don't know Robbie that well, but I've known all of them for quite a long time. I remember we went down to was at Whitehill uh, Welfare. We went down and won the East Scotland Cup away to Berwick Rangers in a bad week once, and Robbie was the manager leading up. So I uh, hold that one up on him. But, uh, <laughs> I, uh, I I know the quality of player that he's got, and I, you know, and I know because I'm a. I am I do not know if you know Mickey Lawson, the ex-Spartans manager and uh, Whitehill Welfare manager. He's my brother-in-law. All right. So, so I've I've been closely associated to the Eastern Scotland League for a long time. So, my knowledge of the East, even though I'm based in the West, is pretty good. So, I know a lot of the players there, and I know the kind of, the coaching setup and that, and I know kind of, the, the the financial uh, value they have. So, it's that's not surprising me at all to be fair.
0: Yeah, uh, in terms of quality, obviously, I think it's we keep we keep mentioning it and that, but uh, even within the last two seasons that I've been involved, it's just been mental, the growth of the league and the the quality of the teams uh, that, like I say, Sterling Uni have to go up against?
1: I wouldn't say that we're a worse team than we were three seasons ago, but certainly a few places down. I would say, arguably this season, uh, the three years I've been, this is the best team. Mm -hmm. But but it's also the youngest team. You know, if you look at it, who's graduating? Last year, we lost 10 players at the end of the season. This year, we're only really losing Gus. uh, Hayden has been injured most of the season. And Tom Cowley uh, has been in and out of injury, so really, Gus is a, the big loss. So it's a young team, and I think it can only develop. So like I was saying earlier on, we've got the first years coming straight into the team, like Big Ben Quigley as well, To i mentioned a mention he's been absolutely different class for us because he gives us something we just didn't have, that physical presence at, at centre-back. And uh, if these boys stick together for four years, I, I can see us doing okay. I mean, I, I'm,
0: I'm not, I'm not uh, worried about us at all yeah yeah and uh yeah. funny enough you mentioned ben Quigley. obviously i, I kind of sp- spotted him a wee bit uh last season because he was at bsc on loan and right. and uh sometimes uh, as you know i do the top 11 and and you guys have been pretty much 10 from about week three or something like that so you're right. i know, I know. <laughs> and uh i always say uh, sometimes i would message chris and say oh any any lads uh that you put forward and, and he's always you know spoke up Ben Quigley I think every time I've asked him he's mentioned Ben Quigley and I'm like he's already been in the team Chris come on <laughs> uh, well, when, when we do the exit when we do the exit trials down south and all that I've, I've been
1: down once with Chris to do that but Chris generally does that because obviously he works full time for the unit and I'm like ah, get me a centre back just see if you if you bring me anything back bring me a big centre back that's what I want because you get plenty of them down south and uh, uh, we've managed to get one through Dom
0: so we're happy enough with that definitely yep. <laughs> and. Uh... You know, uh, as we mentioned, obviously, it's all up in the air what's happening and everything. It, you know, um, how how do you see it going? What, what do you think is going to happen? Have you got any personal opinions on what should happen? I think the season should be finished, regardless of when it is. The season
1: should be finished. I don't think uh, we should be do, going down. It's different for the Iron League, I guess, because of no relegation in pro we're so you know, far clear. But I yeah. think for, for sport and integrity, the season needs to finish. So whether that's October, September, then we we'll have a truncated season. Yeah, I mean, there's bigger things to worry about just now, but I think for the sport and integrity of the league, we finish the league.
0: Yeah, yeah, you know, I'm, I, I really hope. I mean, we're, you know, we you're not going to keep everyone happy. Eh? Uh, no, that's 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 the, the thing at the moment because, you know, there'll there'll be people that will be gutted if they don't get promoted, and there'll be others that will be gutted if they get relegated, and then, um, yeah, it's just impossible, impossible call. I, I'm, I'm, I personally on the the now and Boyd side, Mark, and uh, uh, maybe the chance of le- con- reconstruction, but I've, I've seen things recently, obviously, I don't know if you've noticed, uh, the Stenhouse-Muir chairman, he's he's wanting to keep relegation. Um, I, I, wonder, I wonder why. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I mean, that, that's the thing, I, I said it. I'm sure the chairman chairman's exactly the same. <laughs> <laughs> but as I take it, I, I you know, I get that itself. Preservation and stuff like that, and there is a, a huge concern. We've seen it with the likes of Cove Rangers, uh, the Highland League going up, and dominating that league, Edinburgh City. Um, but I think, in my point of view, with we're, we're, you know they're just delaying the inevitable. We've got too many ambitious teams at non-league level that would uh, replace a lot of the League Two teams currently. I no, totally. It's not that long ago
1: if you think about Inverness coming in in Ross County. And look, we well they that. It can be done. It yeah, can absolutely. absolutely be done if you if you if you do it properly. Yeah, and I mean Cove obviously I've got a bit of finance but that's the reason I've got finances because they're well organised and they're very commercial, a bit like Kelty, I'm always very impressed with Central Park and I go to Kelty and just like every spare inch the advertising board is sold, there seems to be like that the people in the village are, 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 are right behind the team so when you've got everybody pulling in the right direction like that a club can go, a club can do well, a club can absolutely do well.
0: Yep, and uh, Sterling, you know, I, I don't really know um you know, fi- financially or, or structurally, how you guys run uh, in that sense, but are you guys doing all right at the moment we're not getting people into uh, the games? And- we, don't, we, don't, we, don't, we, don't, we don't be in so it's fine. Yeah.
1: So it's effectively it's a scholarship programme, isn't it? So, uh, you know, the scholarship programme is funded by the by the university, it's only a football scholarship programme in Scotland, so it's fairly unique and it's, it's important to the uni. So for example, the box stuff on a Wednesday, that's more important to the uni than the lower League is. So, mm-hmm. Uh, for, for that point of view so they're happy to, they're happy to fund that as far as far. So, i mean we're getting you know but chris is obviously still getting paid i'm still getting paid uh, so i mean i know it's only expenses that we get but you know it's good the union has been really good really good communication i have to say you know working for the unis is a bit of, it's a bit of a privilege you know when you look at the facility and you look at the way they treat you you know i've never been treated so well in football as i have in the in the, my pre seasons at, at still in uni so the integrity the program is is excellent and financially I I would not speak on
0: David's behalf but I would say we are fine good good mate and that's that's, yeah as I said I'm not um, I wasn't too sure how it runs you know I've never really asked Chris on the the background it's not sort of something that I really concentrate uh, concern myself with really but obviously uh, uh, unprecedented times obviously it's good to to know how everyone's getting on and and that side of things too if teams are struggling yeah I mean there's a saving just
1: now as well because it's believe me hiring fourth bank is not cheap and uh, obviously we're not having to pay that money at the minute so that's a, that's a saving just now anyway but i mean chris, chris has a fixed budget to work with over the, over the season and we use that like for example like kevin and uh, goals who was a club, player and we paid him some money uh, some expenses but everybody the boys obviously pay for nothing playing play for nothing it's like well chris's budget pays for their, their membership of the sports union their membership of the gym their personal training uh that sort of stuff and all their kit all their training kit all their match day kit so that's more of what our budget goes on, if you like, than than, than paying players. I definitely think that what I've seen before for the integrity. I would like us to finish finish the season. I would like to, to get the, the, the West League started and, and see that pyramid uh, properly. And I, you know, I'm quite I'm quite proud of the fact that I've worked in the low league for all seven seasons. I think there's only me, sorry maybe at Spartans and maybe a couple more that have been in that. And it, you know, I feel like I've been on the on the kind of on the journey with it, and I want to, I want to see it in its fruition. I want to see teams like if it's County win the league I want them to win the playoff and I want them to go up and represent the league well if you know what I mean, yeah. I, mean I want people like Moniton to have the chance to work their way through as well because you know if you've got that level of ambition and organisation and that dedication then there should be a, a, an achievable target for you
0: Yeah and uh, as I mentioned mate I always sort of speak up still on uni I think you you and Chris and, and, and well including the likes of David Chandler and other okay. guys Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, It's
1: unbelievable David I, I listened to his podcast obviously uh, 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 with, with yourself, his, his dedication is unbelievable. You know, to, the, to have that, that, like with more coming in, to, to still find the time, him and Chrisy, to, to do what they do for, you know, for us, it's just it's, it's invaluable. To Chris, because Chris because it's his full time job. He's got enough time to do all the analysis and all that. So when the games are getting recorded, that's you know that's really helpful to and for the, uh, the player development of our, our our young squad. So yeah, it's it's an amazing contribution.
0: Yeah, and yeah, as I mentioned. Uh uh, when we, I first came in the league obviously I wasn't too sure about the uni teams but I've, I've really grown an admiration for you guys and, and the work you do and yeah it's just an absolute pleasure speaking to you today mate.
1: Well thanks very much thanks for inviting me on, it was a, it was a, it was a surprise but I um, am I was happy to, to get involved
0: in. Yeah Brian mate and uh, yeah keep safe, uh, stay well and uh, well when we have football back again I'm sure I'll be down at Stirling Uni uh, to, to see us. Look forward to it mate. <music>